Hey, Peter. Hey. Picture this. Yes. I'm going to set the stage here. Yeah. You don't know anything about the piano. Check. You have to start over. Yes. But somehow, yes. you have all the wisdom you've had from being a musician for all these years. Wait, I'm confused. Uh, me too. Let's just, <laughs> let's just try to figure this out, okay? Okay. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Jazz. Explain. Oh, it was a pregnant pause. <laughs> you know, Peter, the intros can't be all knockouts well, every I was, single time. I, I, we're trying. I we're was going to say um, that we could start a new segment. Okay. Which would be an evaluation of our own intro. An inward looking, yeah. self aware oh, so evaluation. Fun. I wish the listeners could hear. Because, you know, sometimes we'll take a few swings at the intro. Yeah. We never talk about what we're going to do, ever. No, like never. We, we literally just press record, yeah. and then one of us says, hey, Adam, or hey, Peter. Yeah. And then we just go. And we're improvising. We, we pride ourselves on yeah. this lack of preparation. Now, <laughs> sometimes it works better than others. That's right. And in fact, m- I think some listeners would say, most of the time it doesn't work better <laughs> well, than Well, you others. should hear the ones you don't hear. That's yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. We should just By let compar- it roll we, we, we should actually release some outtakes. That would be funny. That would elevate the intakes to another level. People would have a better appreciation. I think we probably have a lot of outtakes on here that we could just make a whole int- a whole episode of intro outtakes. Right. Well, the thing is, w- the challenge with doing this, and especially with improvising, is of course we're playing off of each other, but I think we pride ourselves on doing this within the musical world so much that we're like, why can't we do this? Because yeah. we're always talking about like, look, if you want to learn how to improvise, of course, these are the specific skills you need to learn your instrument, you need yeah. to ear train, you need to have reference points. You need to know harmony. You you need to be able to relax and breathe. All these things are important. Yeah. But then, you know, something that we do mention and probably should mention more is you have to use the reference point and the framework of having a conversation. Well, yeah. In English or fr- whatever language well, you speak, like like what we're doing, because everybody you, can do that. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Have you ever done like improv comedy? Yes. You have. I have. So you know the, the, golden, challenge. <laughs> the, the golden rule to improv comedy is the yes and. Whoever has the gold makes the rules? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's the yes and, right? So whatever you say, I, I'm going to acknowledge and agree with and then expand on that. You don't say no because you don't shut it down. You well, certainly don't do the Michael Scott thing of just, <laughs> I've got a gun. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, that? right. It was right. his improv strategy. Right, right. Every scene he had a gun. And then they, they, they made him take, give them all away, even the ones down in the, you know, the hidden, <laughs> the hidden invisible ones. No, but yeah. the yes and is, I think it, it's applicable to our intros, but also to playing music as well, to yeah. improvising. The yes and is important. Wow, I wish I'd known that before my one big... You know, I did I did improv comedy in front of an audience once. That was stand-up comedy, though. That's that not was, improv? No, that's solo. Improv is when it's like... It's like Saturday Night Live. Oh, right, gotcha, like gotcha. The, you know, but I was improvising solo. It's like solo piano. It's even harder. Were maybe. you improvising off the top of your head? Uh, well, I had a loose framework. Okay. I had a, I had a couple of jokes because I, I got nervous at the... At the first, I was going to do it totally improvised. I would be so nervous. I was very nervous. But oh, I mean, I well, I, I didn't script it. But I had like three stories I knew I wanted to tell. And I kind of had like, you know, like a why position in terms of like, if they laugh at this, I continue down that road. If not, I abandon and go somewhere else. Oh my gosh. Tell me there's video of this. Well, there was video. Uh Reginald Veal, the great bassist, took video. But he said he erased it because he was running out of space on his phone. So he had to erase the video. So I was like, is that how... Is that the level that is that how much he cherished this? Right. So or is he that chintzy with his memory? I don't know which. That he doesn't erase Dave Chappelle's stand up specials. <laughs> I bet, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd give it a solid C. 
plus. Solid C plus. Right. Which, as you know, for for my grading, that's pretty much an F. That's bad. Yeah. (laughs) Peter Peter once said B minus might as well be an F. (laughs) Yeah. To me, everything to a B is good. Everything below is just like, come on. But how did it feel as you were doing it? Like, were you like, it felt pretty good. Yeah. 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 It it didn't. I mean, there was a couple of hiccups, but I mean, people were laughing. Nobody was crying, laughing, but people weren't like throwing things at me. You didn't bomb. I, I definitely didn't bomb. I think that's a success for your first time yeah. in stand-up. Yeah. I, I follow a lot of stand-ups. I, I really admire stand-ups. I do think there's a link between stand-ups and musicians. Yeah. Like, I think there is a... Especially jazz musicians. I yeah. think that's why, like, Dave Chappelle actually really... And Robert Glasper have, like, a yeah. keen relationship. And there's a yeah. lot of stand-ups that enjoy music and specifically jazz. Yeah. Fred Armisen not included, but I think he really <laughs> likes it. No, but... Uh, there is this, I think there is a similarity in that you're going up on stage, you're really taking what's in the room, yeah. even if you have something prepared, yeah. and you're you're trying to connect in a with the vibe in the room, you yeah. know? And there's a lot of risk involved. It's a very personal process. Right, right. Know? Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of parts to it that we have an advantage in terms of just being performers. Like, you're on stage. Yep. There's an audience there. So you're not... I mean, although I was certainly more nervous than normal, but I kind of know what it means to, like, go on stage and people's, yeah. like, attention span and what the energy of that is. It's not, like, just totally... You know, like, some people are really funny and they're like, you should do stand-up. But they've never been up on stage, but they've told jokes to, like, their family and friends. Right, it's different in a bar or And then they get up on stage yeah. and, and they, they, they choke up. So that didn't happen to me. But um, you also, as an improviser, you have an experience of trying something and it not landing. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like we, and then do you shove it down their throat or do you like do make a U turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think you know what it felt like was a little bit like playing another instrument that maybe you can play, yeah. But you just don't have that comfort level to what you're normally doing. And it's all different when you're up there. And when, yeah, when you get up yeah. there, like when you're sitting there with the guitar, and you wow, I can actually do this. They make some nice sounds, but then you get up there in real time and yeah. like not perfect sound and light and everything. It's, it's a, like it's a ooh, different thing. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I play guitar as a second instrument, and I'm not a great guitarist, but I love to do it. And yeah. I can, I can, you know, I'm a good rhythm guitarist. I'm solid. Yeah. I can chunk out some stuff. And the very first big thing I did with guitar and I, it's the only thing I did on this appearance is we uh, with uh, the, the wonderful Aaron Bodie we were on Prairie Home Companion on mm. NPR right wow big yeah. national ever heard of radio it. broadcast right and it was my first time on national radio this is like when I was a kid yeah and I'm playing guitar not piano and I was I just remember just feeling like have I ever even held the guitar before like it didn't right. you know what I mean like if I were at the piano I think I would have been like super comfy and not super comfy but yeah I would have been at least whatever but here I am like on an instrument that I'm not like it's still my second instrument right. you know what I mean that was uh, didn't was you find one. too that just the um the physicality was so different like it now feels, you're, you're a multi thing yeah like it feels like holding a cactus in my arms right right yeah. I mean you're you you're a multi-instrumentalist now so you've been in different situations but like how yeah. much of a security blanket is how we sit how we stand how we hold the mic or yeah. it, and, and all those kinds of things it was a very helpful experience for right. that for that i'm gonna period. throw you a curveball here okay. mr manis sure and now let's hear a little something from our sponsor so peter <laughs> yes. today we're talking about this is a little thought i thought we we're just gonna tell stories today we could good. if we want <laughs> but we do have a thought experiment okay and we, maybe we can just tell stories in the framework of this thought experiment okay so this is how would we start from scratch today. So if wicka, you wicka, wicka, wicka. not that kind okay. of scratch, but Sorry. I can see I can maybe kind of feel the vibe of your comedy routine now. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's very obtrusive. <laughs> very very pun centered. 
So how would we start? I could we, drop some of my my general. Uh, let me just tell you one of my jokes. Okay, because I, I I love for the audience this would be great. Yeah, you're my. Oh, like, let me get my McBride yeah. clips. <laughs> so Adam's starting to lean back, like he's actually going into a paid audience situation here. I like that. Uh, no, this will be good we'll for see. the listeners, and you can you you, you can oh, tweet wow. at me. This is bad. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, you, well, get that one ready just in case, and then you can have a more positive okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. Ready too, just okay. just in case. And look, you guys, tweet at me. I am I am Peter Martin. Are we still doing the we, you'll hear at Twitter? That fell off. We it, know that. We know that you're Peter. I am, oh, that's your, that's my. That's, okay. Why is that my name? I have no got idea. It, got it. Got it. Anyway, tweet at me and let me know what you think of this. So this was one of the ones that landed a little bit better. Okay. With the audience. Okay. Now. Should I just go into it or should I explain it Do first? your bit, man. Okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, so I said, hey, you know, we're here at a jazz festival because I was, we were at a jazz festival. So okay. let me paint the picture. So you're outside or are you inside? We're inside in a theater, kind of an ornate, oh, okay. not an ornate, but like a real theater with so a lot of people. this was before a concert or something? This was opening up for a, the jazz festival in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, snap. Diane Reeves, oh, ever boy. heard of her? Oh, wow. Okay. Multi-Grammy Award winner. You might be at a disadvantage already because these are people who are not coming to see stand-up comedy. No, but you this know, is great, but normally you'll have this. like an opening band okay. or it used to be, you know, up until not that long ago, it was common to have an open, the opening act be comedy for a music pro, you know, for a jazz show. There's actually a rich history of that. The Village Vanguard. Yeah. You'd have, you know, comedians open for miles and but all the Famously, comedians don't like that. <laughs> no, they don't <laughs> like whole, that. It's not. But they like to work. <laughs> they like to work, but it's not a great crowd for them. Yeah. That's right. Right, right. So I did say, okay, so check it out. So I had some music centric things because I'm trying to, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. speak to the room and to the moment. I said, hey, everybody. Yeah. So glad that you're out here, you know, at a jazz festival today. I can tell this is a real sophisticated jazz crowd you know and we're excited about that the show's going to get started in a minute and you know jazz i love jazz i play jazz you're actually going to hear me play piano most likely in a few minutes depending on how this goes you know yeah um but uh i'm really excited to be here and jazz has meant so much to me in my life um i actually connected with my um with my beautiful wife kelly um over jazz when when we were dating um, you know, I was, of course, trying to brag about how much I know about jazz, how I play jazz, how great I am, at jazz, you know, trying to impress her or whatever. And um, yada, yada, yada. And she, you know, being the competitive uh, spirit that she has, was sort of bragging back. To, this is really weird. Oh, sorry, it's just sidebar because I'm here trying to reenact. The no, this thing, is great. No, but I'm I was, improvising I it. So I don't, okay. We are scrapping our scratch episode. We'll do this tomorrow. We'll okay, do this okay. on the next episode. So, so anyway, so you know, I'm trying to impress her, but she's like, "Oh, I know jazz. You know, we used to listen to jazz a lot. My dad was a big jazz. This is Kelly, was a big fan. I'm like, oh, really? So I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great because she's into something that I'm into. So this is my in, but also I'm gonna be able to one up her. On this, so I'm going to be the expert on this, no matter what. Yeah. So we're bonding over this thing, but I'm going to seem because not only can I play jazz, but I know jazz. And she's like, "Yeah, I'm listening to jazz." And so, um, so I said uh, the first time I went to her apartment, she was living in, in Illinois outside of Chicago. I said, uh, um, "Oh, let me check out some of your." No, she was like going to change. We we're going to go out for dinner or something, and I'm like looking through her jazz CDs. CDs were the yeah. big thing at the time, and I'm looking through, and it's like Kenny G. Georgie, it's a lot of smooth jazz. Oh boy. It's a lot of smooth jazz. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I had to decide if I was going to make make a run for it or not during that time. Um, you know what? I'm realizing this joke has no punchline now. That I think <laughs> I think that could have been your first problem with the crowd. Maybe it's like no, no, no. Oh, usually, right. wait, wait. No, usually right. there's a setup and a punchline. <laughs> but and if I was you getting nervous. A long setup. It might not land as as hard as a punchline. Okay, that's right. No, no. I remember yeah. this. I, there was a little more of a setup. I remember the punchline now. So I said, I'm. Yeah, I'm describing all this and, you know, Kenny G, but I'm also getting nervous. I'm like, that's not really my kind of jazz, you know. 
Now, the reason that I'm telling you about this actually is very interesting because this is my first time doing stand-up comedy, which it was. And I said, um, you know, pull the audience on your side with a little bit of pity. You know, so I said, um, part of the reason I'm exposing Kelly like this is right before I came out on stage, I got a little nervous because I was planning on improvising this. I had some ideas on some jokes and I hope you've enjoyed them so far. But about 30 minutes before coming out here, I kind of panicked. I started sweating. I was backstage. Nobody's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like sweaty, and I'm and I'm just thinking about tomatoes hitting me, and like panicking and running to the piano and just starting to play, abandoning the comedy. So I called my wife, my, my dear wife Kelly, my best friend, my partner, my soulmate. <laughs> I called her on my cellular device. She picked up on her cellular device, mm-hmm. two thousand miles away. Yeah. And hello, hey, honey, it's it's me. Is this still part of the bit? Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. Well, you said you wanted to hear part. Keep going, keep going. Uh, he's, a lo- he's a long form comedian. <laughs> wow, we have a little heckler in the in the in the pod episode here today. So I said, Kelly, I you know how how you doing? She's like, oh cool. She's like, have you done the gig yet? I said, no, no, I'm you know on the west coast, so, so it's we're starting. So I said, oh cool. And I said, so um, just want to let you know, it's kind of a surprise tonight. I'm actually doing a. Um, comedy routine. She's like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "I'm gonna." I said, "You know how everybody's always like, oh, 'Oh, you're so funny.' Well, Diane actually asked me tonight to um, do a little setup. Yeah. You know, well, to tell you the truth, I said I was going to do it. She's been asking me to do it, and I decided tonight's the night I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. After much, um, you know, um, asking, so I'm going to do a stand-up nice. comedy. So I'm like, "Hello, credibility. And, you got asked by the artist. That's good. Okay, that's right, right." Yeah. Um. So I and Kelly's like, "It's just like, hello, you still there, Kelly?" And she's like. Don't do it. I was uh, like, I was like, I'm calling. I'm you. about to do. I'm it. about to do. It. I'm calling yeah. you to get, you know, to, to get to, to get some confidence, you know, to make a connection. Uh, and you're <laughs> telling me don't, like, do don't do it. She's like, don't do it. She said, we can't survive on my yoga earnings alone. Oh, <laughs> my wife's a yoga instructor. She maybe should have gone on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. And so I was like, instead of arguing with her, I was like, you know what? Later for you, I hung up on her. I was like, so that's the reason I'm telling you this joke, making fun of her with Kenny G and stuff is because it's a little bit of ret- retribution. Yeah. It went over better in Tucson. No, this that's good. good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, so. no, no. It was just sort of that I kind feel of like stuff. Also, I feel like I've heard this story before. Like you've yeah, told this. I know. Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. It it's, it's, it's in your arsenal. But it's, it's funny. Man. It's, a funny yeah. it's a funny premise. It's mildly amazing. Was that the only time you did stand-up? You yes. Started, how, did you do five, ten minutes? How it was about 15 you? minutes. 15 minutes? That's a long time for your first time up, man. Well, considering that joke alone was like seven minutes of pointless meandering. I mean, you can imagine. You could tighten it up. <laughs> now, no, how would we apply that to a jazz solo? That would be the equivalent of like, you know, starting with one thing and then kind of meandering around and then going in another direction. Yeah, I mean, I will say too, you did start, your first gig was in a theater opening for a musician, yeah. right? And I think, so that would be like a jazz musician starting in a theater opening for a musician. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like if you were just starting out, your first gig was opening for Diane Reeves. Or but you know what? That reality was probably easier than going into like um, a, club into a club. Doing like an open mic or whatever. Open mic. Yeah, because there the expectation is, oh, you think you're funny, you're getting up there. This was more like, oh, this is kind of a surprise. And I immediately said, it was like, I'm going to be playing piano. Like that was my backup. You did. You if did, you don't like, like this, yeah. just stick around. I'm really good at that. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, um, and I, you know, I did a little bit of my, making fun of Diane. Not making fun of her. I was, I, but I was just like, you know, a lot of times I, I did a, this is great. I did I a little it. bit of a thing about, you know, everybody talks about jazz divas. You got Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, Billie Holiday, Frank Sinatra, and all of their crazy demands. And I can tell you, this is a bunch of BS. I don't like the word diva, you know, and over the many years of working with Diane to say that she's been anything 
but a wonderful person and friend to work with would not be true because she's constantly the, I did something oh, like that yeah, kind yeah, of a yeah yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. you know it was was what it was that's great man yeah so I don't know how would you <laughs> how would you like compare it up to like your first experiences playing music you know what I mean this is it's uh, first of all thank you for telling the story because it's pretty funny <laughs> you know what I mean what's funny is like, like on more of a meta level it's funny that I did it and how I did it the I actual just, content's no, not knowing funny. you I'm not surprised you did it because you are very funny you, you are if not my funniest friend like in a general hanging situation, right. you are up there. I mean, well, that's what I learned. Like they, being funny in a general – and I had told Diane this actually for years because she had been saying – she's like, you're so funny. You should do stand-up. Yeah. She never said you should do stand-up at my show, actually, now that I remember it. She was always like, you should do stand-up. But my reply to her and other people that say that like, you're so funny is like there's a big difference between being funny among your friends and being funny in a professional situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I kind of learned that night. Maybe that's why I haven't done it since. You know, I mean, I, I held my own because I am funny, but it's like I realized how much work I had to do. It's kind of the equivalent of like I've got a good singing voice. I was blessed with it. I wasn't, but I'm saying like something like you have a good singing voice. But um, I'm thank, sure thank you, you realize that a certain thank you. <laughs> I'm sure you realize at a certain certain point that just using that, yeah, you can do a few things. But if you really want to do that, you have to spend time on it. Yeah. But also, you realize like the too, art and the craft of it. Yeah, you realize too what an advantage. Like so, we have advantages that we started playing music at a very young age. A yeah. lot of the greatest stand-up comedians they didn't start when they were 35. Right. You know, they started when they were kids. Right. Essentially, and that those years do help you absolutely to become like if you want to get to the highest echelons right. of it. Right. Right. I mean, but to pro to cross that Ruba Rubicon. Yeah. Rubicon. Yeah. Rubicabla. <laughs> to cross that Gonzalo Rubicabla Rubicon, <laughs> um, you know, from being funny amongst your friends to being funny. I mean, it's like. You know, I'm tall and I'm moderately athletic. That doesn't mean you're going to have. I mean, you're going to have a certain level of success in basketball, but then the yeah. work sets in. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what kind of faced me. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know if, if I have it in me to do this. I'll go back to being fun, funny among my friends. Funny yeah. guy. It just yeah. Also, it just happens that I'm one of the greatest pianists alive. So I'll just do that. Oh, I think I'll just keep doing all stop that. Now. Just, stop <laughs> just, now. Stop now. I'm one of the best jazz pianists <laughs> on the planet. So maybe I'll just keep being one of those. But think about the people that like become great at. I mean, really great at several different things that are not necessarily that closely related. Actually, like we're playing Christian McBride's voice. He's an incredible he's very bassist, maybe one of, of the things. greatest bassists. And he's also an incredible commentator, yeah, like with his voice good. and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's he's, pretty amazing. He's really, really good. Yeah, there's, I mean, you think about like even people like Renaissance Glenn, man. Glenn Gould, right? Yeah. Who like quit playing piano in the middle of his career to work on radio. And got really good at like, yeah. being a radio producer and a broadcaster, yeah. which is odd, right? I know. But it's true. Well, I think that what it shows is that like once you develop, like, and it's always that push and pull, that tug between talent versus hard work, you know, yeah. and everybody wants to be like, is it talent or is it hard work? It's obviously a combination. Totally. But like, what is that combination? <laughs> and but, luck, too, by the and way. And luck yeah. and timing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, where are you born? In what century? Who are your parents? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all... So, but you look at people that are able to do like what you're saying with Glenn Gould and um, one advantage that he did have when he went into radio is he knew what kind of like hard work, the amount, the dedication and yeah. how to execute on that 
to get to the highest level of doing something. Right. So, like, that's what I kind of saw with the comedy. I was like, and I just decided not to, I mean. <laughs> right, you know what it takes to be a pianist. Right. And you know that to be equally good at comedy would take that same, exactly. that same dedication. Even if I feel like I maybe have a little that's bit right. of talent for that or whatever. Yeah. Glenn Gould's already Glenn Gould on the piano by this time. Right. And he's like, okay, if I need to be a broadcaster, I need to do radio, I need to be Right, that you level. know what that mountaintop, it's yeah. a different mountaintop, but you oh. know how much energy and time, so you don't go into that being like, oh, I'm just, this is gonna come easy to me. Even though he, you know, had great ideas and commentary and a voice and all that kind of stuff. He had the talent there, but I'm sure that he also understood. You go in for sure with your eyes wide open. Well, this was super fun, man. Thank you for telling the story. I'm inspired. I kind of want to, you know, I'm, I'm not like funny in a in a. You're a funny guy. I'm, You're a funny I guy. Can too. be. I can. I, I'm a quipper. That used to be my <laughs> nickname. I don't know if you knew that, but back no. in my college, my new school days, I, nice. I used to call me quipper. Quipper. Because I could quip, but. I have a fantasy of trying stand-up at some yeah, point. Just you to go up it. there and do it, you know. You should do it. Maybe I'm next episode. Such a fan. Nope, not going to do it here. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not going to do it in front of our dozens and dozens of, of dear listeners. Thousands. Thousands. Of, we do have Tens thousands. of thousands. Hey, speaking of dear listeners, thank you for joining us today. We're going to get to our... Uh, I don't even know if we should... Uh, well, let's, no, let's tell them because we'll do it for, for in two days. In for two the days, next episode. For, for, yes. For tell the next tell episode, them the title. How we would start from scratch today. Yeah, as a musician, not a comedian. <laughs> Until then. You'll hear it. Basil. I keep doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I keep having the big fry. Come on, Caleb. All right, try it again. Uh, Until next time. You'll hear it.